0: Hi, friends, and welcome to Robcast number seven. This one is called Changing the Tapes. Before we get into changing the tapes and what the tapes even are and how in the world you'd ever change them, a couple things real quickly. There are still spots available for the London event at the end of March. And then um, the event I'm doing here in Southern California, the end of April, still a few spots left for both those events. Would love to see you there. And then um, if you enjoy that Instagram thing, I am on Instagram and uh, would love to see you there as well, whatever that means on Instagram. <laughs> so today, changing the tapes. I was doing a Q&A several months ago. Um, there was this little stage set up and this crowd outdoors And a microphone was being passed through the crowd and people could ask any question they want. And a woman began her question by saying, Hi, I'm a mom and I feel like I should apologize, but I'm also a divorce lawyer. And what's interesting is it struck me a second she said that. Wait, wait, wait. That is, if you're telling me who you are and you're already apologizing for what you do, How is that not causing some sort of destructive impulses in your life if you can't even tell me what you do and who you are without apologizing for it? Here's why I tell that story. You are telling yourself a story, a story about who you are and who you aren't, a story about what you're doing in the world, a story about your worth, your value, your esteem, We all have this inner dialogue, don't we? Sometimes it's a dialogue. It's in a back-and-forth conversation. Sometimes it's more like a monologue. It's just this voice in our head that never stops yelling or whispering at us. Uh, Sometimes we talk about the voices in our head and all of these different messages that we send ourselves. There are the things you tell yourself about who you are. And while these voices and ideas and messages and images can be extraordinarily life-giving and grounding and centering, they can also tear us to shreds. How many of you have that sense? You have, in some traditions, they call it the monkey mind. Your mind is all over the place, not just scattered and distracted with all these different thoughts throughout the day, but a constant barrage of negative thoughts. Negative thoughts about you, your intelligence, your education, your competence, your body, your habits your discipline your past your future so when i talk about changing the tapes we have these tapes that play Uh, maybe you have a tape that plays like on a loop a destructive nasty degrading loop that just plays over and over maybe it tells you you're not good enough maybe it tells you you'll never be more than this maybe it tells you this is as good as it's going to get I realize tapes is kind of an antiquated um, image in this digital age that we live in, but I like it because that's where sort of the cassette tape, the eight track tape, it's that old voice that just keeps playing. Now, um, before we get into how to deal with those voices and to change those tapes, let me just go a little bit farther and sort of trying to identify the roots of some of these voices. Sometimes it's the ego, isn't it? The ego that just keeps telling us how awesome we are. It's pride. It bloats us. It inflates us. It tells us we're so great, although the truth is, Oftentimes, you know how that voice does that? That voice does that by putting other people down. It's self-righteousness at the expense of others. It's like if I can just find one thing to be critical about them for, then it elevates me ever so slightly. How many of you have that voice? You're just looking for this one little chink in their armor because the second you spot it, it's somehow, well, first off, you're thinking about them and you're not thinking about yourself. Um, and sometimes that's desperately, it's almost like the psyche has a release valve. You know what I mean? It just needs to be pointing the finger at somebody else so I don't have to deal with my own stuff. But what the ego does is it looks for any tiny, tiny little failure or mistake or shortcoming anywhere where that person is exposed, vulnerable, or fragile because what it does is it just puts me up just a slight bit. It is self-righteousness at the expense of others. Is that you? You have that voice. Any situation with anybody else, that voice is just looking. Notice that about them. Notice that about them. Look at them there. Look what they just said. Come on. And what it is essentially is you bloating your own ego. It's our own desire to be just a little better. Or maybe it's not the ego for you. Maybe it's the slave driver. Maybe it's the voice that is hard on you no matter what. Whatever it is, it just keeps pushing. It just keeps telling you, you are not good enough. You have not worked hard enough. You are not smart enough. You are not enough? And the answer will always be, you just need to do more. You need to work harder. You need to show us. You need to earn it. You need to prove it. You need to give us evidence. Those are those voices, right? It's the slave driver voices. Or maybe it's not the ego or the slave driver. Maybe it's the rut. You know what what the voice of the rut is? Anytime you have a desire for a better life, you have a desire to head in a new direction. You want to get healthier. You want to exercise more. You want to eat food that is better for you. You want to be more careful about the words that come out of your mouth. You have a glimpse of something about yourself that you are restless. You are unsettled. You have a desire to be better, more courageous, more honest, more full of integrity, more healthy, taking better care of this one body that you have, and yet that voice tells you what? Come on, you don't really think you can change that habit, do you? You don't really, it's January 4th and you've exercised three days in a row and yet you wake up on that fourth day and what does the voice say? You don't really think you can keep this up. You don't actually think you could lose that weight, do you? you don't actually think you could be free from that addiction. Really? Do you really think that you're going to be able to control your tongue and hold your tongue and not spout off like you always do and then you regret it? That's the voice of the rut because the rut says, and this is a deeply, deeply spiritual disease. The rut says tomorrow is going to be just like today. So you can try to make a change. You can try and take a step in a different direction. You can try and be more disciplined and focused, but come on, it's just a matter of time before you'll be right back to your old ways. That's the voice of the rut. Or maybe for you, the voice in your head is the voice of the miser, the stingy one. You know what this voice is? This is the voice that cannot accept grace. Somebody compliments you, and what do you do? You deny it. No, really, it wasn't me. But it was you. That's why they're complimenting you. Or maybe somebody does something for you, and you instantly, that voice starts chattering about what you can do for them, how you can give something back. Why? Because you can't accept grace. Or this one, things are going well. You're in a flow. It's been a number of days or weeks or months, and the wheels haven't come off. And there's peace. And you're getting along with the people you love. And things are going well at work. And what does that voice start chattering about? Man, the other shoe's about to drop. This is too good to be true. See, the miser, the stingy voice, it can never simply shut up in the presence of the goodness, abundance, and blessing of life. And so what it does whenever things are going okay, whenever it's good, whenever it's all good, is that voice kicks in, something's wrong here. Or, and this is how it goes for the jugular, it says, you don't deserve this. I cannot tell you how many people I've met who say, yeah, this weekend we took a day and we just relaxed. We just hung out. We just took a trip. We took a walk. We had a long meal. and Then the person adds this. I felt lazy. I didn't feel like I got a thing done. If you cannot go through a day without getting something done, that's the voice of the miser. It can't accept grace. It can't accept blessing. It can't accept divine favor. And so it just starts chattering. You're not good enough for this. You're not worthy of this person's love. You'll see this in relationships all the time. Somebody enters into an actually healthy relationship where the person loves them and they love the person back. And there's this, there's a Well, there's a Zimzim of love, let's be honest. Then immediately what happens in the person's head is the voice says, this isn't going to last because they're going to find out who you really are. And when they find out who you really are, they're going to stop giving like this and it's all going to be over. Those are all voices that cannot accept the divine goodness that is the pulsing heartbeat of all of creation. So whether it's the ego, the slave driver, the rut, the miser, whatever it is, perhaps you have these sort of voices rattling around in your head and heart, the tapes that play in your head throughout the day. So I just wanna give you, how many do I have here? Uh, Four very, very, very practical ways that uh, may help you. My hope and prayer is that it helps you change the tapes that play in your head. Okay, Um, number one. And this involves a story. Let's say that you and I organize a kickball tournament because we love kickball. We Both of us wanted to go pro in kickball but our dreams weren't realized. We, you just couldn't get it and we didn't get drafted and we couldn't, this free agents didn't work. And so we ended up um, not living out our lifelong dream of playing professional kickball. So you and I decide to organize a kickball tournament and the kickball tournament, the uniform is everybody has to wear a sweatshirt tied around their waist, and in between innings, we have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. It's like that level of kickball tournament, and let's say my team is up, and I'm, um, it's not up to bat. What is it? I'm up to kick, and I kick the ball really far because I have like a Thunderfoot. That's actually my name on the back of my jersey, Thunderfoot Bell, and I kick this thing, but you're in the outfield, And I kick this thing really far and high, like farther and higher than I've ever kicked it. And you're in the outfield and you start running backwards because you think you have a chance to catch this thing. And you're running backwards as fast as you can and you catch it. To get me out but as you catch it you catch your heel and you fall backwards and because you're running backwards you can't see it you fall backwards and land on an old piece of fence that's sticking up out of the ground it's about 16 inches sticking up out of the ground it's a piece of metal fence and you land on it and it goes through the small of your back and the section of fence comes out through your intestines through your stomach and i run a full sprint out because you're not getting up and i'm wondering why i think you'd be celebrating the fact that you made this amazing catch and got me out. And we all run up to you, on my team and the other team, and we discover that you are laying on the ground on top of an old piece of fence which is sticking through you. And so I say, hey, I think that's a problem. And you say, yeah, it hurts. And so I say, get in my car, I'll take you. And I break the fence piece out from the from the ground because it's still stuck in the ground. And I carry you and I put you in the front seat of my car. And now we are racing to the hospital because I feel like I'm kind of responsible for this. I'm the one that kicked it. So I'm the one who should drive you to the hospital. So we're driving to the hospital. We pull right in front of the ER like they do on TV. And we run in and I say to them, this is my friend, fill in the blank with your name there. And they just fell playing kickball and they have a section of a uh, fence sticking through their stomach. But the the person who's working at the front desk can see that, because they can see the fence, obviously. We all know that. And so they say, right, go to the back to room number four. And so you and I race back to room number four, and then on the intercom, they say, uh, would Dr. So-and-so please report to room number four because so-and-so, fill in the name of your uh, your name, just came in, they have a section of fence in them. They don't do that, though, at the ER, do they? Announce what the problem is and who should go there? Now, here's the thing. What do you want that emergency room doctor as she races your room to be thinking? What story do you want her telling herself about who she is and what she's doing in the world? For example, how would you feel if you knew that as she's racing to your room to take the fence out of your thoraxal region, what if her internal dialogue was, you're not a very good doctor, let's be honest, you sort of barely got through med school. And when you interned, it was clear to everybody, you really don't have a knack for this. And yes, you've helped a few people, but you've also at times, it's just not, let's be honest, being a doctor really isn't your strong suit. There are other things you're better at. And besides, um, you're tired, you're kind of distracted. You had, a f- you had a disagreement with your boyfriend before you came in on the um and your your landlord is now getting on you because doesn't like what you did with those potted plants out front? What if that's the voices? Those are the voices that are playing in the doctor's head as she races to your room. Do you want to know that? Is that good? What do you want the doctor to be thinking as she heads to your room? Well, I would I would suggest that you want her to have a calm, centered, grounded sense. I'm a doctor. I do my best to help people. I've been trained for this. I've seen a lot of people in a lot of pain. Um I haven't seen a piece of fence through somebody because of a kickball injury, but there are some basics about the human body and that section of the human body that I'm familiar with and I am going to be so present with this person, I'm going to give them everything I've got, and I'm pretty confident we can get that section of fence out of them, and we can get them stitched up, and we can get them out of here in the next few hours. You want this person to have a sense that they know who they are, that they are here for a reason, and that whatever this moment brings their way, they will give it everything they've got. So, the challenge then when you have destructive tapes, write down the message that you're telling yourself. Write down the exact phrases. Write them down so you can see them because when you can see them, it changes everything. And then think about the people that you love the most. Think about the people that you care about the most. Think about a possible emergency room doctor and ask yourself, these voices that I have rattling around in my head and my heart, how would I feel if, if I listened in on somebody I love and these were the voices that were playing in their head? I would be deeply grieved. I would say to them, no, 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 no. Don't keep telling yourself, don't tell yourself you're a failure. Don't tell yourself you're unworthy of being loved. Don't tell yourself that you're never gonna amount to anything. Think about the impulses you have towards those people you love and the tapes that play in their head. And then think about yourself. Is it any wonder that Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself? how can you extend to others what you cannot extend to yourself? You begin by allowing yourself to receive love, grace, mercy, and redemption, so that you then actually have something to wish and bless and give and share with others. So number one, Think about the internal dialogue you want others, especially those, anybody, but especially those you love the most. Think about what you would say to them if you were given a tape recording of what's actually going on in their head and the disturbing parts, the parts that grieved you, the parts that you would say to them, no, 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 don't say that, and then turn that around on yourself. Secondly, number two, and this involves writing it down too, Um, This one specifically deals with the ego. Do you find yourself, um, some days, you're a big shot. You're pretty sweet. Everybody needs to look out, because here you come. It's a day of the bloated ego. You have a big head. You think you are so great. But then, have you ever noticed this? It's like within an hour or a day, you find yourself filled with such profound, Uh, voices that degrade you, that put you down, that shred you. Isn't it fascinating how in one hour you can be on top of everything? Look at me, I am dominating. And then an hour later, you're like, I am a piece of warmed over crap. Anybody ever had that thing where you're like back and forth, sometimes within like a a moment or an hour or a half day? In the rabbinical tradition, um, the rabbis had this great thing. They say, take two pieces of paper. Take two pieces of paper and on one of the pieces of paper, Write, I come from the dust. I come from the dust is the way of reminding yourself of the power of humility. It puts you in your place. It gives you a perspective. It brings you down a few notches. I come from the dust. And that's actually uh, scientifically true. Y- your body essentially is made of the same elements as the dust in the earth around you. Write on one sheet of paper, I come from the dust. And then on a second sheet of paper, write down, the universe was made for me. Write down, the universe was made for me. Have you ever seen a sunset and you looked around and no one else was noticing it, but you, and you felt like, wait, was this show just for me? Have you ever seen something, you're on a hike and no one else is around for miles and you come across something, a random flower by the side of the trail and you realize no one else on the planet may ever see this flower. Is this flower just, am I the only one that's gonna stand here with my jaw on the ground admiring this flower? Uh, Or especially like with your kids. Have you ever had your kid do something and you realize you're the only person with your kid? That thing they just said that was so unbelievably precious you can't even put words to it and no one else saw it. And you have to think, was that just, am I the only one who, and you try to explain it later and you can't make it even more near as amazing as it was. And you have this sense like, am I the only one that will ever <laughs> have seen what just happened? The universe was made for me. Now here's what the rabbis say. They say, take those two pieces of paper, put one piece in one pocket. And put the other piece in the other pocket, and then take out whichever piece of paper you need, depending on the day, the event, and the moment. So, sometimes when you're feeling beaten down, you're feeling like life is getting the best of you, you're feeling like you got nothing going on, you got no game, it feels like you're losing, you're failing. Like, what am I even doing here? Pull out that piece of paper, the universe was made for you. And then when you find yourself a little bit big for your britches, as they say, when you find yourself a little bloated, feeling a little sweet, realizing, oh man, what's gotten into me? Pull out that other sheet of paper. I come from the dust. So, uh, number one, you write down your internal dialogue and you ask if this is the dialogue of somebody that I love, what would I say to them? I'd say, no, no, don't, don't think those things. Number two, write... Two sheets of paper, two pieces of paper. I come from the dust and the universe was made for me. Put one in either pocket and pull them out when you need them. Then, suggestion number three. Number three thing that's helped me a ton is write down on a card, like a 3 by 5 card, write down this word, student. S-T-U-D-E-N-T, student. Here's why this has been so incredibly helpful for me. Um, Jesus called Disciples. He essentially calls students to learn from him how to master the art of living. And he tells his students, now go and teach other students. Now, if you're a student, you're learning. You're figuring it out. You're going step by step, and you don't have all the answers. You aren't expected, nobody anywhere is expecting you to nail it on the first try. Especially if um, in your job, in your studies, Being a parent, where in the world did you get the idea that you could nail this on the first try? No one's ever been you before. No one's ever been you before in these unique circumstances. No one has ever been you before facing these unique challenges at this time. You're the first. So take it easy on yourself. When you start beating yourself up, oh, I didn't see that coming. I can't believe I blew it like that. What in the world was I thinking? What you were thinking at the time is this seems like the best move. And then later you learned there's a better way to do it. Student. When you find yourself beating yourself up over your performance, student. When you find yourself with harsh, critical voices saying you should be farther along, a student is learning. When you feel like you take three steps forward and you take one step back, student, patience. It's a long, long road you are walking step by step by step. And sometimes you wander off the trail and then you realize you've wandered off the trail and you come back. You are a student. If you're a mom, I'm talking to all the moms now, mom, sisterhood, momness, you're a student. You're learning how to raise these kids. And, and here's the really, really important thing. First kid may have been one way, but second kid may be different than first kid. Are you with me? And so you're freaking out because kid B isn't working like kid A did. And all the stuff that worked with kid one isn't working with kid two. That's because you are a student in learning how to raise kid two. So when you beat yourself up over all the things that worked for student one and it's not working for student two, uh, student, kid, you are a student and you are learning and this kid at this time is a unique challenge because you haven't been here before. So write this down somewhere. Dashboard, refrigerator, cubicle, bottom of your computer screen, student. And then Number, oh yeah, fourth thing. There's this great passage in the scripture about, um, it says we destroy arguments and every proud obstacle raised up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Now the word knowledge there refers to firsthand experience of God. And God is love, another passage says. And we take every thought captive captive. This is really, really helpful. Um, Get a notebook, get a scrap of paper, write down your internal dialogue, write down the stuff. And here's what you do. Leave a space underneath each thing that you write down. So over the course of a day, when you find something like uh, there's a tape that keeps playing, write down that message but leave a space under it. And perhaps at the end of the day or first thing in the morning, go through all those and then on the blank line underneath that tape that you want to change, that voice that you don't want to listen to any anymore, write down the better voice. Write down, like if you have a voice that says you don't deserve this, you don't deserve this, you don't deserve this. Here's what you write down underneath that line. Write this down. It's all a gift. See what you're doing is you're changing the discussion in your head because the voice in your head tells you you don't deserve this, you don't deserve this, you don't deserve this as if the game is about you deserving it but when you counter with it's all a gift then it's not about deserving it's about receiving. And see here's the deal <laughs> and I just thought of this actually. This this The voices in your head aren't very creative or intelligent are you with me the voice in your head the tapes that play are not very intelligent and not very creative so the one of the only things they know how to say those voices is you don't deserve this you don't deserve this you don't deserve this when you counter by changing the discussion simply saying it was never about deserving in the first place it's all a gift and then it becomes a mantra and then you write down it's all a gift it's all a gift and the job then if it's all a gift is to receive and so this person said something kind I receive it things went well today at work I receive it I heard a fantastic song I receive it a whole bunch of good things have happened in a row and normally that voice would say the shoes gonna drop it's too good to be true no 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 no. what the voice says is man it's all a gift and you receive it and you just receive it. So here's the power, the power is writing it down because when you write it down, you can take every thought captive. You take a thought captive by Christ because what does Christ do? Christ redeems, Christ restores, Christ forgives, Christ renews, Christ is about new creation. And so when you have a sense of like, nothing's ever going to change, when you take that thought captive, captive to Christ, all sorts of possibilities open up. All sorts of new realities come into play. Now, let's go back to that woman at the beginning, uh, the woman who raises her hand and says, I'm a mom and I just have to apologize, I'm a divorce lawyer. Let's think about that for a minute. Let's pull that apart, you and I, and just see what else is in there. Think about it, divorce lawyer. A divorce, people who uh, have been through divorces will tell you that the legal element of it, having to go and, and then your former lover, former spouse, husband and wife, they have a lawyer too, and you sit in a room with your two lawyers. You once shared a bed, and now you're in a conference room somewhere, and you're talking to each other through lawyers. People will often tell you it's one of the most dehumanizing experiences. So what if this woman who says, I'm sorry, I'm a divorce lawyer, divorce lawyer, but people who have been divorced will also tell you if they had a good lawyer, they'll tell you these stories about how this experience was robbing me of my dignity. It was sucking my soul dry. And yet I had this lawyer who just kept saying to me, we'll get through this. We'll be okay. We'll figure it out. And oftentimes you'll hear people say that their lawyer was like a lifeline, was like a beacon of light and hope and goodness in the midst of an excruciatingly painful process. So what if this woman, instead of, you know, I got to apologize, I'm a divorce lawyer, first and foremost saw my job is to bring honor and dignity to a process that usually robs people of their humanity and life. So then she said, I'm a mom and I'm a divorce lawyer, which means that I help redeem and restore a process that has a thousand different ways it can just crush your soul. Do you see how different that story is? So now I ask you, what is it that you do? Because I'll often hear people, I'm just a mom. I'm just an accountant. I'm just a plumber. I just run a gas station. But if you change that story, what I do is I bring new life into the world. What I do is I bring order to the spreadsheets so that people can thrive. What I do is help people get what they need so that their house works well, so that they can get where they need to go. That's what I do. I help people with their basic everyday needs so that they can thrive in this world we call home. So... My prayer for you, my brothers and sisters, is that whatever tapes you have playing in your head, you could change them. I believe spirit is real. I believe God is on your side. I believe you can rip open your heart to the divine and that you can actually change your habits, your focus, that you can become more disciplined, that you can have a greater joy and meaning in everyday life. And I believe in many ways it begins with the story you're telling yourself about who you are. May you, my brothers and sisters, change whatever tapes need to be changed. May you hear new voices. May you have a new inner dialogue. May you tell yourself a new story about who you are and what you're doing here. And may the grace and peace of Christ be with you.